Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the podcast from the Marketing Minds at DoYouConvert.com, where we talk about the current state of all things digital and how they impact home builders and developers around the globe. We're not here to sell you. We're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. I'm Kevin Oakley, and with me today, as always, is the ad doctor, Andrew Peake. As always, episode 148 with Becca. Hey. Hey, she's here. She's here. She's here again, it's back nice from maternity be, leave. Yeah, it's nice to be back. And also, this is a big deal. At least it is in my world. Um, upgraded from from when you first started working with us, you lived somewhere different. Um, yes. The name of the town's escaping me, but it was... Brown Summit. Brown Summit, which is an hour away from what? <laughs> Uh, 30 minutes away from it's like 20 minutes away from greensboro but your internet speed was like the only main concern of you joining us we're like we're like um (laughs) it's backwards what's the long-term plan here because i think you were on a hot spot right yeah you you got a you got a mobile hot spot to try to get your internet speed up and it was still and now yeah now you've been upgraded to fiber optic yes connection real stuff yes now i'm jealous which Um, my neighbor's lawn mowing service mowed over yesterday night at five thirty. That's crazy because it wasn't buried. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder if they'll have to pay for that. If it's like that obvious of a, I'm sure it was marked. At least I hope it was marked. If it wasn't, it was marked. Okay. Yeah. It's awkward. That's funny. <laughs> Sorry guys. Watch him do it too. Oh no. He was probably like, <laughs> what are you doing? He got oh, off the goodness. mower, leaned over, picked up the wire and my husband like, was like, no expensive. wonder I can't call somebody on Teams. Oh, <laughs> well, no. Becca, how many cats do you have? Two. Okay, so she has two cats who get very ticked off when she has to lock them out of the room. Yes. So we're going to get right into story time because we don't, we don't <laughs> need to make totally destroy mad. your door. Yeah. You want to um, lead us off? Yeah, I'll kick off. So... I was looking for daycare this week, or rather, I started before Logan joined us, and everybody was like, hey, don't, no worries. We have no wait list. Just call us the week before you need us. So I called when he was born, and I was trying to come back to work. And every it was like trying to find a house to buy in Utah or Texas. Not only was there <laughs> no spots, there were waiting lists oh, no. miles long for everything. So You're like, just, I just talked to you like two months ago. What yeah. <laughs> so it just made me think about how frustrating, emotional it must be to be a home buyer uh, in those areas and probably many other areas throughout and the nation. I think our stories tie together. So <laughs> I was at, yeah, <laughs> they probably do. I was at Starbucks the other day and where I live, I'm in Pinellas County, which is right by the beach. We have a Starbucks at like every corner. Like it's within five minutes from me, I could be at like three different Starbucks. But this one that's the one that people drive by on the way to the interstate. So it's like it's the morning Starbucks. That's when they're super busy. Sign on the ordering kiosk, like the little screen, new hours, eleven AM to seven PM. I'm like, what? what? I'm like, Starbucks? Eleven AM? <laughs> like, why didn't you do like because they normally open, I think it's five or five or five thirty, like it's an early, early one. And I'm like, okay, this is where, and that's all it said. And I was there at like two in the afternoon, so I didn't, I didn't care. So I'm like, hey, like, is this like labor issue? Like you can't get, and I was nice and pleasant. So then they kind of gave me more insights versus like someone yelling at them, which they said most people are very upset with us because we have the sign out there. And of course there's like an issue. We won't get into unemployment, all these sorts of things. Like, is it more attractive? Oh, whatever. But 
what the sign had, it just said new hours. It didn't say any context. There's no communication to prep that person to then be a little bit more pleasant to the barista making the coffee at the pickup. I'm like, Starbucks could have done something a little bit better to like at least save some frustration for both parties. Like new hours is this, here's why our new hours. I'm sure they could wordsmith it in a great way that doesn't make feelings that you shouldn't have, whatever, just calm the situation (laughs) a little bit. Cause like that coffee, that's the morning time. 11 yeah, a.m. You're, you're, like, you're screwing up with people's entire that's psychological health for the day. And it's at the kiosk, like you, there's not like a sign before you pull in the drive-thru. So you're committed to go through the drive-thru and then you see it and you're like, oh, are you joking me? Like, And it, they said it's in the next two weeks for this one. I'm like, ooh, that's crazy. But it's, yeah, they can't get people to work, which I'm sure maybe that's the same sort of thing. Yes. Um, labor is is tough right now. Yeah. So, but yeah, lesson. I think it's it's worth communicating versus waiting to have those individual conversations every single time. Yeah. You could put a little bit out there to help ease some feelings. Yeah. Okay. I've got so many things, apologies in advance, but I've got to get this off. I got to get several things off my chest here uh, okay. with, with all of you. <laughs> Listening. So well, let's start with the serious one first. So we talked before about the challenges of buy online and how people are saying it works, but there was a, a builder who, again, promoting, we've got, we've got the answer. Our technology is awesome. So I do what I do. Anytime I see anybody do this, I'm like, let's check it out. Let's put it through a test drive. Yeah. See what happens. Cool. I go on this builder's website to a community in North Carolina and I reserve a home site. Son of a gun. The same thing has happened. This is now a full-on conspiracy, folks. All right, so here's what happened. <laughs> Let's just say there was, I, I have screenshots so I can go back. I've, I've documented all this. I saw this myself, I promise. There was eight home sites available roughly and in this community. I reserved one for $0. Now, there was no verification required. They didn't ask for a credit card. There was no ID. They didn't even like, you know, a lot of websites will fact check your address. They'll be like, sorry, that, that zip code doesn't match the city and state that you put in. It was none of that. It was just like, yeah, whatever you put in, like a stupid form of all, uh, any way a form could be <laughs> stupid and just let you put in whatever you wanted, it would let you do. Mm-hmm. And so I hit reserve and um, I get a notification that the home site's been reserved. If you refresh the sitemap at that point, it showed it as reserved even though I'm still at this point really a suspect because we're not verifying. It would be different if I had to get pre-qualified first in order to get access to the tool or, or do whatever. But it promised me I would reserve the home site and select the home and all that. You, you couldn't actually select the home either. That functionality was just not hmm. working. We've got a couple of theories as to why that might be. So then I was curious. I was like, well, I wonder, can you reserve another one? <laughs> so I just go in. I didn't, I didn't close my browser. I just clicked another button. And sure enough, it was like, yeah, you go ahead. Try to reserve this one too. So in theory, and no <laughs> one should do this. I, I'm, and this is not like a sarcastic statement. You should not do this. But if you were a, a real jerk of a person, a, a bad human being, <laughs> you could go on your competitor's website and in the matter of five minutes, make it look like everything in, in that community is reserved or sold. Ugh. So it already shows the solds. The only thing that's available is is what you can reserve. So you could you could just sit, make everyone appear like nothing's available here at that time. And so there, there's no safeguards in place whatsoever. And then again, the best housing market of all time in terms of buyer interest, not not a best practice that we would recommend. And then I thought, well, what's going to happen with the personal contact information I gave them? So I gave them an email address, a phone number, no phone calls whatsoever. Um, I did get an email 
18 hours okay. later <laughs> from the on-site sales team. Mm. That was clearly a templated message because it didn't reference the home site number I picked. It didn't talk about the home site premium. And that could have been templated too. If you think about yeah. it, like they could have said, thank you for reserving. There could have been a variable, variable. form field. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Yep. But this is, I kid you not, this is what it said. It said, hope all is well and thank you for your interest. Please note, our online reservation system does not hold or guarantee a home. If you are still interested, reach out with questions. It's like, hold on. So I had to wait 18 hours, which if you really thought in a hot housing market that you had just secured something, you'd be like, hey, let's go. Now, they did in in the email confirmation the system gave me, it did say your reservation has been sent in, which again, a consumer is going to assume means it's been accepted, but their fine print would tell you it's not. And it said, you know, click here to get pre-qualified, click here to schedule an appointment. Which, wait, hold up. I, like, why can't you schedule that with me? Anyway, that's, that's confusing. Mm-hmm. But then for the on-site team to reach out and be like, this didn't do jack. So just so you know, if you want something to happen, like you've got to, like we're having double opt or triple opt-in lead form that's, that is promising a reservation online. It's just not. So I don't understand. Well, there's a couple things I don't understand. One is why was nothing personalized? If we're making a customer go through hoops to push a button that says reserve, buy, whatever, we should be prepared from a customer service perspective to provide an amazing experience from that point forward after they hit checkout or submit. Yeah. And so then I don't like, are they overwhelmed with leads? Because I, I went back because I was curious one, if I didn't respond, which my plan from the beginning was to not respond because I don't want to hold a home site <laughs> in reservation longer than necessary to kind of shop the scenario and see what's happening. Still showed reserve 48 hours later. And there was only one other home site that had gone into reservation as well. Everything else was still available. So they're not, it didn't seem like they were overwhelmed because the system would have updated the moment someone did that. Does that make sense? So in theory, mm-hmm. two people over 48 hours, this, the onsite team should have been able to do something personalized. Whether the onsite team was the right group to even get that lead is another question for a time when Mike or Jen join us to, to kind of talk through. But then someone mentioned a good point, like maybe that on-site team is so overwhelmed with on-site interest that the people who are coming through online, the old bias of, well, the people who are really interested, they show up physically in front of me. And so I'm going to yeah. somehow, like, was there a, a competing list scenario of an online list? Yeah, I think. And an in-person list. I think that could be it. I was just on this builder site as well, and they changed, there's nothing available. That I see anywhere. Yeah, so now now that everything's been wiped clean. So everything that was previously listed as available to be reserved now no longer says anything. So it makes me one, like they definitely you know, know something's not working. I checked not, other yeah. they checked other I checked other communities and like the statuses they have. I'm not gonna say them because we're being yeah. you know protective of making yeah, because it's not the about them personally. It doesn't again, make about sense as far as like it does. It, it makes no sense. Like that wouldn't be a future phase. Like there's homes next to it built. I don't. I don't that seems weird. Um, well, like yeah. And, and in theory, if this all worked, it could be great. It just the the thing we keep coming back to is this isn't ready for prime time yet. The the mm-hmm. peak interest housing market is not necessarily the time to roll this out at scale. Maybe you want to test it in a community. I've even suggested that you know. So again, it's, we encourage. In fact, we implore both vendors and builders to keep working on this solution. Just don't over promise the customer what's going to happen. There's no, there's no reason to set people up for disappointment at all. 
it's just not a good way. A couple of the comments to my, my LinkedIn post about this were like, like as an industry, we have to do better. Um, why are we starting out? Like uh, Brad Hobart from ECI said, wow, instantly creating distrust isn't a great way to start the builder buyer relationship. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't understand why this is, why, the, why we're setting this up that way. Okay. So that, that was the, that's the most important one. And again, just know if you post something online or send out an email, which I'm myself or a pseudonym is on pretty much every builder's email <laughs> list in the country, I think um, I'm going to shop you and that's okay. You recognize my voice. You call me out. I'm not going to, uh, I'm not trying to do anything bad here. I just want, if someone has this in a, in a working scenario quickly, then we're going to, we want to be able to yeah. highlight it and say, like, finally, sh- shut your name from the rooftops. Like you did yeah. it. Like this is amazing. Yep. Okay. So then we've got uh, two other quick things. The first is my um, experience with ego stuffed pancake bites. <laughs> and they look, they look funny. See, I mean, you got me with pancake and, the, and the able, skeevers, funny. able skeevers are a type of pancake ball, okay. uh, oftentimes filled with fruit. And so I was like, Oh, like they don't want to put able skeevers on here. Cause who, no one knows what that is. It sounds dangerous. It does. Um, so stuffed pancake bites, I get where they're going. Like it wasn't completely foreign concept to me, I guess is what I'm saying. Mm. And so yes, packaged consumer packaged food, good, probably not going to live up to, you know, what's on the label, but I'm like, it's yeah. strawberry and it's pancakes. And how can you screw that up? Really? Well, Ego, <laughs> Ego, the brand should have been my first tip off that the company known for waffles, um, probably not the best company to execute on the pancake front, right? Like it, it yeah. was a setup that I should have seen coming. In fact, Don, uh, dancer even said like, I don't trust this. It, does, it seems unnatural. Um, <laughs> and so here, here's my review of, of this stuffed, have you, either of you had fig Newtons in your past life? Yeah. I, yes. I feel like I grew up on those. I've, I, our kids don't eat them. But. I love them. Okay. Um, but have you ever tried a strawberry fig Newton? I have. I would think and, so. And do you, what, what do you think about that in terms of in comparison to a regular fig Newton? Um, I it, has, no it depends on the, on the <laughs> I, mood. Like I'm going if shopping. I was, yeah, I really like fig. So, um, and I, I never in my life, I think until about two years ago, ever had just something fig, like an RX bar was my first experience as an adult with a fig again. Oh, yeah. But fig Newtons I loved as a kid, but the strawberry one was just horrible. It's kind of like the, mm. you remember quick, um, the like the chocolate milk stuff you'd mix oh, in. Yes. Oh, yes. And there was strawberry yeah. quick and then yes. chocolate quick. And chocolate quick, you're like, that's chocolate milk-ish thing. Like, that's cool. But strawberry quick was just this weird it's kind of like banana flavoring, if you can tell it flavors uh, and like there's there's real banana and then there's the banana flavoring where you're yes. just like that, that's right. good as runt candy. But if you yeah. add that flavor to milk, it's it's bizarre in my in my mind anyway. Okay, so we got some flavor challenges here, but <laughs> full on what this product ends up being is nothing but a double stuffed version of a fig newton, a, a strawberry fig newton. Mm. I, okay. I don't know. I didn't I, I don't even want to give them the the extra time in my life other than this rant. Um, it is a full on double stuffed fig Newton, strawberry flavored. And the pancake is, is just straight up fig Newton cakey stuff. It's not, it's not pillowy mm. like a pancake. There's no air bubbles. It's not soft. It's like mm. hard, dense. dry That's muffin, weird. dense, mm. extra thick. It has no flavor whatsoever in it at all. 
so don't eat this. It and then like- the ego cooks or whoever invented this thing decided, well, it's twice as thick, so we'll just cook it twice as long. <laughs> all it ends up doing is is burning the outside of this. So, you know, by f- the flavor journey of this piece of trash, as I said in my Facebook post, is stale, overly oh, dried man. strawberry jam filling. So even the filling they screwed up. I don't know how, like it's it's Fig Newton dried jam filling. Like it's not, even after you heat it up, which you're supposed to do, the filling just sits there. Like it doesn't move. It's coagulated, which should never be a way someone describes Filling of anything. <laughs> it's coagulated. Okay. Sorry if you're listening to this while eating a, eating a Fig Newton bar on your way to work. But so, so that is weird. Overly dried strawberry jam filling, dry biscuit muffin, smoked burned muffin. That's what this tastes. And it, and even you try to put syrup on it or dip it in syrup, which I thought maybe that'll make it better. It does slightly make it better, but it's you have to hold it probably four times longer under the syrup for it to absorb anything than you'd have to hold an Oreo into milk. That's weird. They should have burnt on the outside. Yeah, right. They should have gone like sweet and savory, even though that like like Nutella filled pancake. Okay, so there is a chocolate version. I saw it when I went back. I'm like, I can't touch it because I know this is the worst pancake experience I've ever had of my in my life. Like a pancake Nutella cannoli thing. This was not as successful as no eight out out of a hundred worst pancake ever. Don't buy this thing. It's terrible. But I I thought it was interesting in that like. Um, just again, I'm always interested in the psychology of, I was hooked because it's pancakes and I love pancakes. The packaging is even, well, why did they choose Ego as the brand is Ego equal <laughs> breakfast to people? Cause to me, Ego only equals muffin from a marketing perspective. Someone messed up right from the beginning. It even says Kellogg's Ego stuffed pancakes, like which yeah. <laughs> Kellogg or Ego? Why, why do we need both? Honestly, the packaging looks like it's a hush puppy with ketchup on it. Okay, like so that's just, the other thing. Is this packaging? Um, we, I guess we'll have to post a small picture of it in the Facebook like, group. Looks for, like meat. Yeah. Doesn't like it look blood. like there's bacon or, yes. or like yeah. something weird on the edges? It's just all kinds of wrong. Maybe they're so testing that, this only in Columbus. Like that was yeah. a marketing fail. And absolute, marketing, branding, packaging, messaging. Does not product. win an award. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the worst thing <laughs> I've ever experienced. And now I'm so worked up, I can't remember what the other one was. Um, we get two. Yeah, the that's two. That's home enough. Site. Okay. Yeah. Moving this on. One. Andrew's like, come on, guys. We well, gotta. We could keep talking about food. Yeah. I have some ideas. No. <laughs> that's <laughs> make me hungry. All right. Moving on to the news. Yep. First of all, Market Proof Marketing Academy is sold out. You can get on the wait list for our class uh, November thirtieth through December second. Although people are already saying, like, I might want to send multiple people to that one. So. <laughs> just get on It'll the list probably sell out yeah. and again yeah. that one we reserve the right to make in person in a warm tropical climate somewhere uh near the, near tampa or uh, or dominican bahamas yeah someone's making no. a case for austin texas which i i just feel like everyone's trying to buy a home in austin we should leave that place alone for a little while but yeah so, somewhere nice and warm it we yeah. reserve the right to do that if everyone else wants to re- revenge travel as much as i do that's true uh, then uh next up on the news segment, our very own Julie Jarnigan wrote an amazing piece of content um, based on one of our conversations from a previous week's episode around why is it so hard? And she used a treadmill in the corner of your room, the, the thing you hang clothes on and don't actually <laughs> that is true. walk on enough as an analogy, which, you know, I love analogies to content marketing. Yeah. Or the Peloton in the corner. 
Uh, no, no Peloton in the corner. It's killing people. They recalled them all. So. Oh yeah. Oh That's really? Awful. Yeah. Every single get, one of the treadmills has been babies recalled. Babies get stuck underneath it or something. Oh goodness. That one one awful. death, which is terrible. Multiple people injured and it still took them two months. By the way, as an aside, this is an extra story time segment. Scott Stratton, remember him on marketing? Yeah. From, yeah. Uh, from our focus or yeah. Um, Pulse event last year. Peloton sold his name. Their, their database sold his contact information. Okay. Like his mailing list, basically. He, mm. he, he signed up for information from Peloton. They took his data, resold it to a list company um, who then brokered it out to someone who was selling sexual organ extension parts. And so basically okay. he ended up getting full-on porn sent to his, his home address in an envelope <sighs> trying to sell this thing. And... It, they got his information from Peloton and he actually has a blog post from a year ago when this happened. Wow. It's like Peloton, I, I love your product, but this is two strikes. You're out for That's me. That's yeah. And I believe him. Like he, he you're is hurting people. No, it's totally this. believable. Like he's, and he, he, they, they went through the process. Like they called it up and first Peloton said, we don't even sell your list or our list to anyone. And then they're like, well, we do, but we can't be responsible if you bought it, bought your Peloton from a third party reseller, it's not our fault. And they're like, no, we bought it from you. And, and so it's like this whole that is so crazy. Wow. Uh, unsafe products and, you know, sending porn to people's homes. Probably. I don't I know. Look. I don't, I just don't want to think about Peloton anymore. And there's not that much money in selling that. I don't do this, but like, if you sell a million records of something, how much money can you actually, yeah, I'm sure that, that like, was when like, they were in startup mode. It's so you know, minimal. Originally. Yeah. Someone probably yeah. did it like, Oh, I could do this. Let me do this thing. Okay, back to Julie. Okay. <laughs> um, but she kind of, she condensed our conversation into into four really good bullet points as to why this is so hard, like a treadmill to to, to work on consistently. And so I thought we'd just quickly um, give the highlights, but again, go check out the article. Number one, we can't always quantify the return on our investment. Remember, there's a big question mark on like, what exactly are we getting when the CFO says what are we doing? Number two, yeah. the work in progress doesn't match our expectations. So well, that's, a, that's a big one. That is yeah. a really big one, especially on mm -hmm. video. It's hard, like people in their minds. Remember that like multi-scene thing of like what I think I do, what my friends think I do, what yeah. my mom thinks I does, and then what I really do. Yeah. I feel like, and it comes to anything related to video, it's like, well, I, I can, I'm the next George Lucas. Like, this is not that hard. You've got, <laughs> and then, and then you see what you're putting out. You're like, oh, that's not as it cool is, as I thought it would it be. It's pretty hard. Yeah. Um, number three, we fail to focus on consistency. I think that one's huge. Like if you can't, yeah. if you can't do it on a regular basis, you're not going to do it. Number four, we underestimate the power of accumulated content. So we, we think, well, if we, if we don't do it this week or it doesn't publish this month, that's not that big of a deal. But every piece of content that doesn't get added to the bingeable content stack makes that overall stack less valuable. And again, we use the example of a single Zillow listing, not that important on its own, but collectively, you know, you get on SNL um, as skits. So it's true. What's, what's mm -hmm. I think is cool to take away. I get from that is all of these have to happen. Um, you need to be consistent with creating your content. Mm -hmm. Your first piece of content will likely be terrible and awful. And then number one will happen. Leadership could question you. You'll question yourself. Why are you working on this? Your outcome's not great. And so it's like, you just have to kind of get over it and just do it. Yeah. yeah. I think that's, you know, we, we've actually talked a little about this internally. Like when I, I, I will create micro content on Twitter because it's just easy. What's going on in my life. It's a, it's a small character form. Uh, sometimes I'll post stuff on LinkedIn a couple times a week. 
and usually those two places are, it's like things, something's marinating in my head that I want to talk about. And so, you know, that, that story of, of me shopping online is a LinkedIn post, but don't be surprised if a month from now, after I've had more time to think about it, hear other people's experiences, then it will become a bigger piece of content. And so that's the rhythm that I, I try to create for myself. Even when we did our first, um, clubhouse talk, that was, I mean, there was, um, I forget 70, 80, some people there for, for a couple hours. That was fun, but it was really, here's my thoughts around wait lists and, and VIP processes in the time run right now. What are you guys hearing? And and that was, it was a way to crowdsource insight into that piece of content. So that's the rhythm works for me. It's not going to work for everyone. Some people have to just sit down in 30 minutes and, and, and move on to the next thing, but you got to find that rhythm that you can do. Mm -hmm. Uh, next up. Zonda acquires Canadian listings platform BuzzBuzz Home. This is on zondahome.com. So BuzzBuzz Home, uh, co-founded by Matt Slutsky, who we had on the the podcast before. Um, He's also been a regular attender of our IBS and PCBC breakfast club meetings in the past. And, um, you know, it's interesting. Right now, BuzzBuzz Home is available in North America but primarily um, promoted and used by people in Canada, particularly the Toronto and Vancouver markets. But I, I have a sneaky suspicion that Zonda is going to be pushing this thing pretty big. Um, I think so. Because, you, you know, Andrew, you've used it uh, a couple of times just as test and, and, and you've, it always sounded like you were fairly impressed with the interface and the, and the content quality you found yeah. on listings there. so even for our community when we built they had more somehow i don't know where they got it from sneaky that more than what was on the builder site i don't know i don't know if those things were previously on the builder site they scraped it they got it and then it lived on buzz buzz home and then the builder took it off their site they were still accurate and true what was on there but i'm like this is this is nice like i wish i had this before um and imagine in toronto especially in the condo market all that stuff like it's there's a lot of information um, compared to say, let's just say single family home, just yep. amenities and all that sort of thing with the building. Yep. So uh, reach out to both Jeff Myers and Matt Slutsky and offered uh, for either one of them or just one of them to hop on the podcast sometime soon and update us on what their plans are for world domination. But I think it's, it's really interesting that Zonda would be looking to acquire a listing syndicate platform at the time when not they're being used by consumers essentially at, at, I mean, Zillow just posted something like user growth of 15% in Q1 of 2021. More people are looking at homes than ever collectively, but from an advertising perspective, it could be tough right now um, because not every builder needs that extra attention. So it's just, uh, it's going to be really interesting to see where, where they go and what they do. All right, next up from The Verge, Facebook and Instagram notices in iOS apps tell users tracking helps keep them free of charge. So this was their big Hail Mary play of when we when we make this announcement of you have to approve us in order to, to let us continue to track your activity, um, they, they seem to put in the, the top three reasons anyway is help keep Facebook free of charge with a little thumbs up next to it. What do you think? What do you guys think about that approach? Yeah, Becca, what do you think about that? Free of charge. Are you offended? I'm 
not offended, but it also doesn't work on me. I'm like, yeah, I don't think I'd pay for it anyway. So, yeah, I felt like they were. I mean, I understand their intent, and it's yeah. what they said. What they're saying is true, but it just feels a little like a little shady, a little snaky, a little like threatening. Come on. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's not a good look. Um, yeah, in, in the Verge, they in the article they talk about um, an additional scare tactic used by Facebook. There you go. I mean, yeah. scare tactic. To me, it's that like feels when, a little strong. I, it's like when Google and Facebook reach out and they're like, "Hey, there's errors in your account," mm-hmm. and like, "There's no errors. It's just we're doing it not the way you we're want." We're doing it, it DYC yeah. way, not yeah. your your way. Thank you. Your yeah. way wants more money from us. Um, but I guess you know what I think is most people probably won't even read that part there, and I'm sure they tested it or did something. Imagine how many people they they tested this on and yeah. they're rolling it out. Oh, um, I'm sure quite a few. Crafting language and all that. I, yeah. p- part If Facebook offered a, an option to pay $50 a year to not get any advertising or be tracked, would you pay it? If I was not working and doing what I do, I would pay for that. But I, I want to see ads. I need to see ads. I guess. Yeah. Okay. So that, that, yeah. But I think if I wasn't, if I was, if you Lindsay, weren't working for do you like, convert, yeah. you weren't in, in new home marketing at all. Yeah. I'd probably pay that. I think it's. I see, I'm really all right with the ads because some of the favorite things that I've got, I found on Facebook. I think we just found this week's question of the week because I, it is. Yeah. I mean, it's still going to be biased. Um, certainly, but I, I'm with you. I mean, I, I hit, yeah, go ahead and track me. Now, what's interesting is I did hit that. Yeah. This, this whole experience has highlighted how many different people are tracking. Yeah. So it's, it's one thing, like I, I, again, I appreciate the vast majority of the ads that, that get served to me on Facebook or Instagram because they're brands I already interact with mm-hmm. and, and purchased from or things that make sense. Like the algorithm is, yeah. is smart. Mm-hmm. But then when, you know, the weather app says, can we track you everywhere else you go? Or what were some yeah. other ones? Like Mint, like, which no. is my financial tracking app. It's like, can we track you? No. Why, why? You guys don't serve me relevant ads ever. Anything. Like, yeah. yeah. Your ads are all for crappy credit cards that I, I have no interest in on Mint. And, and so <laughs> that, that's been kind of interesting to see how that might change my experience with ads being served to me. Or maybe, you know, we kind of talked about this just a second ago, Andrew, it's not that much money, but collectively these apps are able most likely to monetize and and pass along some of that data to data warehousers mm-hmm. who pull it all together and try to try to find more use to it. I don't know. It's, it's yep. just interesting. What's what it would be interesting. And maybe they talked, I'm sure they talked about this uh, hundreds of people on Facebook. If they were to show you, here's your ad experience, not personalized. Here's your ad experience personalized. If they were to somehow educate the normal yeah. person, that'd be interesting. Um, oh then yeah. You'd be like, well, you know how you can unfollow someone for, for thirty cable? days. That that would have been an interesting initial test. Yeah. For yeah. them like, to say, would you like to experience a completely un- private but non personalized ad experience for the next forty eight hours? Yeah. yeah. And then ask you, can we track you? That would, would be you interesting. Like more- personalized yeah then would you like personalized ads for 48 hours that or whatever maybe because yeah I, I the ads i do get i will say they i mean it sometimes you're like i was on youtube like i wasn't even on or i was on like a person's site but that's the way it works mm-hmm. like they mm-hmm. they're seeing what you're looking at so i still it was um it was a it was like quicken loans or someone served me an ad on twitter that said like 30-year home loan 
is like a stack of pancakes and it had a picture of a stack of pancakes. And then it said a 30 year home with Quicken loans is like pancakes with syrup and a picture. And I was like, Holy, this is the most, I don't know if any, if you've ever seen that, I need to know if anyone else has seen that or if they made that just for me, but that, that blew my mind. Maybe they just used emojis that had been used previously and and were making campaigns based on emoji use. I don't know, but that was brilliant. That would be interesting. Yeah. All right. Um, Also, um, we have coming up here the death of Clubhouse. We're announcing right now. It's it's gone. Uh, It was already gone. I mean, the number of people, influencers and the like um, that I that I listen to and people I respect who have said, "Yeah, I'm I'm done with this thing." It seems to me like it feels like it's getting louder of it's kind of nice once in a while, but I don't have time for this. Um, some of the other things we talked about. So Twitter spaces yep. is now live. And now as long as you have 600 or more followers on Twitter, you can hold down on the tweet icon in the bottom right and start a Twitter space, which is essentially the exact same thing as clubhouse functionality, except for you can minimize the space that you're in. So you're listening to this clubhouse like experience then people can continue to direct message you in Twitter as well. So you can get feedback and messaging and can talk. Gotcha. You have this stream on top of the voice, which is what Clubhouse is is sorely, sorely missing. Yep. Can it record? It cannot record. It okay. um, they, are, they have talked about offering ways to let people monetize it potentially in the future. But again, from an act, like you don't need to be invited to join Twitter. Anyone can join Twitter. So if you want to listen... Anyone can, can be involved yeah, in that. Um, the other thing is I, I haven't done it yet, but I, but I will probably in the next week is there's a, there's a service called racket. And if you remember, no, not racketeering Google. Thank you for the autocomplete. <laughs> it is, is the service is called racket. I can't even find it's, it's, it's only a little couple, couple months old now at this point, but you guys remember when um, there was a screen sharing tool called, I think it was log me in. Oh yeah, I use that. Yeah, yeah. Free, free. It's kind of like free conference. Like anyone, you didn't have to install anything, and you could hop on and have a Zoom-like experience with audio and screen sharing, and no install necessary. That's Mm -hmm. essentially what Racket is for Clubhouse. So if you want to have an audio experience where I can just send, as long as I have a Racket account, I can just Mm -hmm. send whoever I want to a link, and they show up. Nothing to install, nothing to do. You're just in and you can have a clubhouse experience that's, that's viewable mm. to anyone on the internet. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You just so I think, go in. I think it's, I mean, clubhouse has a lot of users and they've gotten a lot of funding. So I think they'll be around for a while, but I think it's a little bit like, um, not Snapchat because the snap Snapchat's kind of like the walking dead, even for younger Correct. age demos. Now, yeah. what's the other one? There was one that was, um, it was the name was like Clubhouse, but it was, well, it was multi, like musically is gone. Um, multiple video chats in the same house party. House party, Periscope. Yeah, is that Twitter's? Yeah, yep. There's too so, many. Um, it's it's. I, I love Twitter Spaces because it's just it's it's more usable, it's more engaging, and it's in part of the Twitter ecosystem. So I'm sure Will and I will do something on there soon together. Sweet, because Will is in his happy place in Twitter. <laughs> all right, let's wrap up then with, um, first of all, the answers to last week's question of the week, which I think we teased when we asked it, cause we had put it up a little bit early and then, um, we'll go into the new question of the week. Oh, and also 
PS, I, I updated the priority list article to talk about um, bids and offers and some best practices that we've learned there. So this was my confusing question. It's a hard question. Coming back to like, if a builder is basically doing really well in a highly competitive market, but a market that sells a ton of homes or has a lot of transactions, is that a clear sign that that builder is amazing overall over a builder in a smaller market who's doing really well, has fewer competitors, but there's not as many homes transacted. And we're still essentially tied, but eked out where people chose the higher volume market as a more likely choice that if you, if you had to pick one builder of which one is more likely to, to do well over time, that one would, would win out. That's a hard question. I don't even, I don't even know. Becca, have you thought about this question? Yeah. <laughs> Cause I, I mean, I have thoughts on it, but I just wanted, wanted you to, <laughs> wanted you to so, go first. If you're thinking about it in the context of this market, and you're thinking about excessive sales, but not only that, the added challenge of making sure that you can meet uh, construction deadlines, then I would say probably the high market volume would be the winner. But if you are in a different market where maybe sales are a little slower and it's harder to get them, then I would say option two would be be your winner. Yeah, I th- there's no right or wrong answer. What's interesting is that uh, several of the people who voted for the large builder in the competitive market are not in that scenario and same for low volume, right? So there's a little yeah. bit of maybe the the grass is browner on the other side and you're, and you're giving them more credit. <laughs> That's funny. Um, because if you're yeah. used to being in a high, high volume market, you're like, man, what if the numbers were smaller and it was harder to get each sale because yeah. there was fewer opportunity. That sounds terrible. And then vice versa. I just go back to in a low volume market, you've got to convince more people to consider new construction at all. Mm-hmm. So that's not good, bad, easier, harder necessarily. It's just very different. Whereas in the high volume, you could, in most cases, just focus on only talking to the people who are already interested in new construction and be okay. Yeah. So it's just how, how much are you used to uh, truly competing against existing from a messaging, advertising, sales process perspective, I think probably leads a lot into yeah. that. And I, and I probably thought too deeply into it. And I'm like, well, if you're outperforming in both scenarios, you could also be not, you're outperforming by what metric? By sales yeah. volume? Could that mean your pricing is too low? Or does that mean you're able to get better land? So like, you don't want to have your prices too low, yep. but you do want better land. So I'm uh, like, oh, yeah. goodness, what's the answer? Like, you, you just, could have faults in both sides all over point. the place. Great point. Yeah. You just, um, you know, you think about, um, and I know people from almost every different home building company listen, so it's hard for me to pick a name and not think someone's going to hate me for doing so. But let's just say <laughs> DR Horton, because they're the, they're the largest builder in the country. Yeah. So that, this happens it. frequently. But DR Horton and, and other large companies, they will enter a new market that's smaller volume thinking that they're going to create the volume there Mm. and things don't always work out. In fact, it's, it's kind of, you've got a level, a tier markets, B tier and C tier. And Mm. one of the signs often of the end of the housing cycle is that you get large national companies going back into C tier markets where there just generally isn't that many transactions that occur. 
And in order for them to be profitable long-term, they need to increase the overall amount of sales significantly in the marketplace. And so they try because C tier is kind of the only places left to expand to and the market's really great. And then it doesn't work out, the market turns. So timing-wise, it often just ends up being bad as well. And then they leave and they go back to the A's and the B's and they leave the C's alone. They're, that's why mm -hmm. there are several markets in the country where there's just, there are, nationals aren't there or almost never there. That's because they, they try to get in. It's, it's too hard. The volume level is too small and, and then they leave. Yeah, that's, um, that's, I, I said it because I feel like that's my experience building with our builder. Um, in this county that I'm in, when we, there was, there's no new homes. There's luxury homes, townhomes, like high-end stuff. But then you go over the bridge, that's where all the new houses are. So our community sold out 70 whatever homes in like 14 months. And you're like, well, of course it's sold out because there's no other new homes available. It's gated, da da da, da all this sort of things. So of course they outperformed all the other builders, but yeah. now they're gone. And again, this sounds like I'm voting for the low volume market builder. I'm not, I just, I have more experience. Uh, I spent the majority of my career in leadership where these conversations would have happened or I would have been privy to the actual results. Mm -hmm. It's also very, it, it can be easier, I guess, again, if they're operationally good for a small builder to enter a big market. And you don't have to get very much market share to be like, this is amazing. I mean, we, I mean, we work with a builder in upstate sure. New York who's doing great and has grown significantly. And, and he's like, but I'm, I'm, I'm in Buffalo, man. Like I, if I want to, if I ever want to sell a significant number of homes consistently every year, I can't just stay in Buffalo. So let's think about going to a larger market and, you know, I can just get 0.005% market share and I've sold more yeah. homes in a year there than I would sell in Buffalo in four years. So I think I would have more um, empathy and um, to work in a very large corporation for a long period of time that's high is it, hard. Like you, you have to be on the top of your game. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I guess at the end of the day, I'm still tied on this too. I was just curious if there was any built-in bias or perception. Yeah, it's a fun thinking question. And there isn't. Apparently. Yeah. So that's good. No. So this week's question of the week is if you could pay $50 a year for F Facebook and Instagram to be ad free and completely private, no data collection whatsoever, would you do it? And then in the comments, you can just say yes, but that's because I'm a marketer. So you have the same bias, Andrew and I, yeah. and Becca do want the ads. Or do you think even if you weren't in marketing, you used it enough and find enough value there that if you could get rid of all that stuff, you would pay 50 bucks a year. Yep. All right. Um, we're going to take a quick break. We come back. We're going to have a quick micro update from Cody Smith from Novi Home. They were on the podcast about a, a year and a half ago or so, pre-corona, pre-market craziness. Just to do a quick update because a lot of things have changed there and everyone's asking, you know, buyer experience, how do I improve that? And delays, how do we keep communication? And so um, they've been hard at work doing lots of improvements. Wanted to have them back real quick. We'll take a quick break and we come back. Cody Smith from Novi Home. All right, hopping in live from Utah, Cody Smith with Novi Home back for the second time. So nice. We had them twice. Right. So nice. Perfect. We've had you on twice. Yeah. Novi Home is a fantastic product that a lot of builders are, are using and looking at. And we thought we'd have Cody back in to give us a quick update because when we first talked, 
maybe a year and a half ago now. I had no experience with the platform. We didn't have any builders personally that, that we were working with the DigiConvert who were on it. And since then, um, quite quite a bit of adoption. How many how many builders roughly are on the platform right now? Well, we're just at over 120 builders. Holy so smokes. Awesome. 120 and, yesterday. And I follow your progress. It seems like you're having new integrations being uh, launched all the time as far as making sure it's seamless with any other product that they're using. It's a lot of work. Yeah. Uh, so much work. I mean, integrations, actually, right now, we've, we've halted all development on anything else other than integrations just to, you know, with all the CRMs that we're integrating with. And we actually have um, just finalizing the ability to bring in leads from Zillow or Realtor.com as they're being pushed through the system that go right into Novi and then distributed to the agent or the OSC. So, yeah, tons of integrations Very right cool. now. That's awesome. And you guys have those engineers because of, uh, I don't know how you would best describe it, a sister company, a parent company. A lot of this technology that, that gave you guys a head start came from a company called TouchMD, correct? Correct. Yep. So TouchMD is our sister company launched in 2010 in the aesthetic medicine industry and really well-known name there. And that's where you know our photo taking capability and our ability to, that's where we learned the buyer experience and how to engage buyers via technology and via apps. So, yeah. And that integration part, um, well, let me do a quick overview again. You can go back and listen to it, but there's three main portions of Novi Home. There's Novi Home Show, Novi Home Focus, and the the home buyer app. Uh, show is all around, this is not the word that Cody probably wants me to use, but it's it's your sales kiosk that's driven by your website and formatted for any screen of any kind, accessible, and controlled by the sales person or the customer or collaboratively, which is super cool. Uh, Novi Home Focus, uh, tight CRM integration, which is why the integration part you're talking about is so important for sales reps to be able to quickly see what the top uh, prospects are doing and and kind of be able to connect with them at the touch of a button and and have some connected uh, history in the CRM and then the home buyer app. So that just super quick, somewhat fast overview. But since we saw you a, a year, year and a half ago on the podcast, talk to us about what builders are using the platform for the most or finding the most value in or um, choose your own adventure, I guess, or the things that you guys have rolled out that that people are really excited about. Because that sister company and and you both together, you've got a lot of horsepower to roll out changes quickly. So it seems like, like Andrew said, every couple of weeks, there's a new... Yeah. I'm like, another company. one, another one. What is this? It, it, it is wild. We're having so much fun. We're so thankful to be, you know, that we landed in the builder industry with, with kind of this second company with Novi. Um, you know, things have changed a ton since we last, we last spoke. Uh, we, when I was on here last time, you know, people were going into model homes. There was no <laughs> such thing as COVID. Uh, and, and the world has changed a lot. Um, it, we were very, uh, fortunate in that as you know covid was maybe a yeah. blessing in disguise for us because it opened up a lot of opportunity and builders started to say okay wow i need to get in front of my buyers without having access to a model home um, and how do i do that and how do i personalize this experience and how do i make this a unique experience you know with novi and, and kevin you alluded to it with that buyer app you know every buyer that that you register or you engage with 
from a sales perspective now has the app on their phone, one click of a button, just as if they were going to log into Facebook or log into Instagram, they're now logging into Kevin Oakley Home Builders or Andrew Peak Home Builders or Becca Thomas Home Builders, and they're seeing all your content. And so that's that has been a big change and, and something that builders are really gravitating towards. Um, a lot of our builders are starting to understand the importance of apps. And what I mean by that is when we launched three years ago and we went in and said, hey, we're going to build you an app so that your buyers in one click of a button on their phone can access all of your floor plans, community information, pricing if you want. That was very foreign. And as a matter of fact, the first 20 times I, I demoed Novi, I couldn't convince, or I couldn't explain the difference between a website and the app to the majority of the builders. That has changed. Everyone's aware of, a, of an app and how it can be leveraged and the analytics that can be pulled off it. So that's that's been a lot of fun for us. I, I still think with. the most underappreciated part of this from people who have asked me is the collaborative ability of anything that does transpire in a model home or potentially even in a virtual presentation where the screen is shared, you know, that, that buyer can relive all of the notes, all of the comments that have been written down on the screen. And so that, that, you know, there's different levels of content. We've talked about this on our podcast forever. There's broad general content. There's a specific community home content. And then there is the, the stuff that only exists in terms of audio on a, on a video like um, ideal homes using Matterport tours and then talking about yeah. the home in greater depth. You can't get that level of depth of content anywhere else. It's kind of in there. Same thing. Someone looking at a, at a photo gallery is one thing that, and that's important, but even more important is the photo gallery where the sales rep circled three of the pictures and said, we could adjust this on your home and kind of done a little squiggle or, or a sketch or, or made notes. Now that's content that's been personalized just for you. And so to have all that in an app interface that's pulling straight from the website without you having to do a lot of manual updating and then have that on top of it, I think is, is, a, is a big deal. Oh, it's, it's awesome. And, and buyers, um, you know, the experience, we, we always go back to kind of our foundation <laughs> is buyer experience. The experience of being able to pull up an app and see the plat map or see which which lots are available or see the notes that the agent put on there as far as square footage or, you know, because with our technology, you can draw on any image. So if there's a photo there, you can click on it, draw on it, add notes, and then your buyer has easy access. So when they when they go home or, you know, with COVID and hopefully we're getting done with COVID because I think we're all ready. Yep. You can easily highlight stuff for people and, and they know exactly what you're talking about. Yep. But I think the, of the three, everyone feels like maybe that, that first one is necessary, like a must have. It might, it might be a lower priority compared to the buyer app and uh, focus. So the buyer app, let's talk about that one because uh, construction times are extending. Uh, customers mm -hmm. are getting cranky. They they need to feel loved. They need regular updates, and so this is this is their uh, app to go to to get messages and content, whether that's photographs um, or other push to them uh, straight straight in the app. No, hundred percent. And and you know we talked a little bit about our our sister company, TouchMD. Our claim to fame was 
um, you know, side-by-side photos and the ability to overlay photos and take photos. And so we brought that same technology with us as we launched Novi Home. Um, and it's something at first we didn't talk enough about, honestly. We, you know, we were so excited about the analytics and other things that was going on. We didn't talk a whole lot about the ability for an agent to pull out their phone, take three photos in a matter of, you know, four seconds, tag it with, hey, Kevin, four-way inspection has been completed today, um, and push a send button, and instantly that goes to the buyer, and the buyer is notified of, hey, you have some photos to review, and they can just click on that notification, and there they are looking at the, you know, we broke ground, or four-way inspection has been completed, et cetera. And, you know, with our builders and where they're at with wait times and and the ability to produce this has been super valuable for them to maintain a high level integrity communication integrity with the buyers that makes sense yeah in fact um Mm -hmm. again some of our builders have been on the platform now for a while so it's that's one of the reasons i want to get you back on it's because when we ask you know a builder if something's working or not I mean, you just think about integrating anything in your life, a a CRM system, a chat tool, whatever it is, it it doesn't always go real well. And so I pinged um, Beth from Cavus and Kate's, uh, who's been using primarily the buyer app portion of Novi. And she's like, yeah, the buyers are enjoying the communication from everyone. They have actually had one person complain that their, their app isn't buzzing them when they get the notification. And they just, they had to train them. Like you have to go into notifications, accept, you know, and, and, and then they were like, we love it. We just want, we want that instant fix of like, you have a new photo and the phone buzzes like that, that op- like imagine that's just a great thing to be able to make someone's day by like, they're looking forward to that content that you're going to send them. And um, I think, and I think they expect it. Like you buy something on Amazon and now it's like your item is 10 stops away and you pull it up and it has it on the map. You're like, oh, cool. It's going to show up this day. And then I think the other part that's really cool is you have this history of what happened with the home that's not in emails, it's not in text messages, it's not this giant mess where it's all over the place. Right. And so you could go back and reference things if you do need to have more detailed discussions that reference, say, four, five, six photos on whatever may or may not be happening with your build. And it just makes it easy, which I feel like now I built in 2018 into 2019. And it was not a super fun experience. And there was no issues with supply of anything. And now you have the same thing. And it's, I just couldn't imagine like doing that process that we went through then doing that now without having some type of central location for communicating with the builder that we worked with. Um, so I don't think there's, I, I'm just thinking like, what can people listening be thinking of like, oh, we could just text these pictures. I'm like, uh, I think the buyers are going to perceive that significantly differently. Yeah. Well, you think about the fact that like I'm, I'm going to block all of you if you try to follow it. I'm very select, but my wife has started an Instagram account on our house <laughs> process, right? And that's all she's really doing is is Pinterest is is large and unmanageable and just kind of ugly. I don't know why they haven't upgraded the whole way that Pinterest works yet. It's still, it's, it's it has its place, but it's it's just a big chaotic world. And so for her, you know that she she's making an Instagram for the house not to show the whole world and become an influencer. But just that's the easiest way for her to to archive the process, to have that as a one one stop shop like you're talking about, Andrew, to go back and look at 
oh, that's when the windows went in and this is, you know, it's documenting that experience, but yeah. it's just for her. She really, she doesn't care who, who's out there. And again, I'll block you all. Especially like the, the, pre -dry, the pre drywall photos. I mean, we're doing stuff at our house now. I'm yeah. like, where are those pictures? I have this room without any drywall. I would really like to know where that stud is or where it's uh -huh. whatever I'm uh -huh. looking for. And it would I've be got the Matterport camera lined up for my house. I right bet before, you do. Yeah, we're going to get that in, in high res. Yep. So the nice. buyer app, I think, is just, it's it's a no-brainer part of the process and to, to be able to have that. Now, is two-way communication on that on the roadmap sometime in the, in the near or distant future? You'll have two-way communication in Q3 of this year. So, oh. and, and what that means is the ability for a buyer to send the agent a message and vice versa um, message from the agent to the buyer. Now, there is two-way communication with photos and the ability to tag a photo is what we call it. Mm -hmm. But what that means is, is you as the buyer could take a photo. Maybe you're out there on the, the job site, you take a photo. You can send that to the agent and and put a little note there, um, and then obviously vice versa, agent mm. back to the buyer. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's yeah, that nice. that that seems to be a smooth as butter service that I haven't heard any anything come back negatively about. Um, no, Novi Focus. Let's just round out the the product offering, so to speak, on on this one, um, because mm -hmm. there was a, a couple months ago you were showing me that one of your goals was to create a way for people to basically create their own bird dog system, which if you don't know what that, I'm not even sure where that term comes from, but in the land business, they say we have bird dogs out there looking for land. And that's not now. And, and some salespeople have bird dog agents that they work with people out there who I guess are hunting birds. Wait, Julie's all times. dog is a, it's a pointer. I forget. Mm -hmm. It's, it's been trained to hunt. Yeah. Right. Just stands there and looks, stares yep. at the bird. Yep. At the bird. My dog has been trained to do that when it's hungry. It, it doesn't, ah. my dog never makes a sound. It just points at you. And then you're supposed to notice that, hey, it needs food or water. Um, <laughs> but when you, as soon as you showed me that, that functionality that you were working on, I was like, oh my gosh, this would have been so perfect for any type of super fan. You know, when you have a great referral, this is an awesome way. If they, if they already have, you know, something on their phone to be able to say at a party, you know, Oh yeah, like I can I can get you connected with this builder and easily transfer that information over or get them connected and have that that way for super fans to to share with their employees, friends, um, coworkers, just their own personal network. Like Don from Tilson Homes, this is this is they already have this happening on Facebook Lives, Cody, where people are connecting with other random people on a Facebook Live and selling land to them or getting them connected with a sales rep and wow. And so to have all that. Um, kind, kind of built in. And registration, generally speaking, is still a challenge for on-site salespeople. But but how do you register someone if you're a sales rep and you pop into someone, meet someone at a soccer game? And I know this sounds cheesy and we wouldn't train salespeople to do this. You're not passing out business cards, but someone says, oh, you work for Builder XYZ. Like, how do I get some information about that? To be able to whip out your phone <laughs> and and instantly register someone. And how how's it? Uh, is it a QR code? Is it, is it a like a private link? What, how does that work? Yeah. So you can do QR code. Native in the system, native agents, in the app. It just makes a QR code for you. Yeah, well, actually we will make a QR code that is attached to every agent. We've seen a lot of agents that are adding the QR code to their business card or flyers or, you know, kind of some of those, those paper methods. Yeah. Um, but then you also within the app, you can share your information. So if I, you know, me and Kevin were talking and 
he started asking me about a home. I could actually just, Hey, let me just share you my information, almost like a digital business card that will bring everything over. And then you can also register them right there off your phone. And, and as we developed this, we wanted this to be so easy for agents. Hey, I'm talking to somebody or I'm running late. And this is the fourth person I've talked to in the last hour. And I have another person sitting over there that I need to get to. Hey, let me get you set up. We have an app. You can access all of our, all of our floor plans and Matterports. And in a, you know, literally in 10 seconds, they can register a buyer right there off their phone. And that buyer is going to receive a, a branded email and a branded text message for that builder to download the app or, or log in via web portal from the computer. So super simple to use. I mean, everything we do at the end of the day, we look at it and we, we say, okay, yeah. would salespeople use this? And is it easy to use? Okay. I got one more question or, or observation. And then Becca's got a really tough one for you. We saved her the tough question for last, but sometimes when people are looking at Novi focus, they're like, I, I already have a CRM Cody. So can, can you try to help people understand like, we're not, you're not trying to replace the CRM that they're already using. And it took, you know, blood, sweat, tears, and the promise of your firstborn child to get adoption of. You're not, you're not adding complexity to that. This is kind of a layer over for most people. Kind, yeah. kind of describe how, what that, what that looks like. Yeah, we get that a lot. Hey, we already have a CRM or we already have a website, right? So both mm -hmm. of those. And the reality is Novi. I don't know if anybody out there's ever read the book, Play Bigger. It's a fantastic book. I'd recommend it. But we're really trying to create a new category within the builder space that kind of becomes the bridge between the different technologies that our, our builders have. And with the CRM, we want to enhance the CRM. We're not out there to replace the CRM. And we're not claiming, hey, Novi is a CRM. As you jump, if you jump on our website, first thing it says is we are not CRM. We are there to make it easier for, for your agents and your team to get buyers into the CRM. And that's why we spent so much time on our integrations um, and the ability to integrate notes. And, and we're actually working with a couple of CRMs right now to push photos over. Because again, we want to make this easier for the salespeople, not an, an additional step. I don't want someone to say, I have to register them in Novi, and then I registered them in my CRM, and then I registered them in my ERP. So, Is it, is it fair to say that, that Novi Home Focus's goal is to be the, the cleanest, simplest interface when a sales rep is on the go or just has limited time? That is very fair. Okay. hundred percent. Yeah. Perfect. Well, that was the easy one. So here, here comes the hard one from Becca. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's still the most commonly misunderstood aspect of Novi Homes? Mm, that's a Becca. That's a good question. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go with two different um, kind of feedback that we get from the field. Number one is it's technology. And in the past, <laughs> to implement technology and to get agents to use technology, <laughs> there, there it is. <laughs> and, and honestly, we, we dealt with this in the medical side too, right? Um, so, hey, you know what? Love your platform, but I don't think my team will use it because, you know, most of my agents are, I don't know, older and they're not tech savvy. Our technology is so easy to use. And it's just so push button. 
Um, we've been able to overcome that, but it is a, a major issue that that we still run into. Um, and then the the other thing that we run into still is, hey, what's the difference between an app and a website? And there's still a few people out there trying to figure out, you know, okay, what does a website do? And 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 we always explain it as, look, everyone needs a website. A website drives traffic to your team. That's how you're going to compete with the other. 10 or 15 builders that are out there. But once you have that buyer, once you've engaged, you don't want them going back out to your website because they're going to see the other seven builders that are building in your area. You want to personalize that experience for them and really control that experience. And that's where that the app technology and the app side of Novi takes place and, and really does a great job for the builders. Awesome. Yeah. I think it makes a lot of sense because building an app just to build an app is not, I mean, that's like it, back in 2009, 2010, when it was a craze, every builder was going to come out with their own app that they were self-developing. It's like well, they were self-developing it for the very top of the funnel in their mind. And then there was this huge disappointment of like, wait, you mean people aren't choosing as step one to go download every home builder's individual app? Like that's not, <laughs> Could you it's imagine? not the way, it, it's not the way it works. And so it makes a ton of sense to kind of go at that middle of the funnel is really where the app kicks in in terms of its usefulness. No, absolutely. It's funny. I just did a demo with the builder I met with three years ago that was building their own app and I won't, they're in, they're into it hundreds of thousands of dollars. And now they're kind of reaching back out to us like, Hey, now remind me what pricing was and how we, how we, <laughs> like you know, how easy this was with you. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, uh, we'll, yeah. we'll leave it there then. The The easiest thing is I'm just looking at your website now. And, you know, the rule is if we say it on the podcast, it has to stay available for a long time. But it says right now I get 60 days free. <laughs> Click here to get started. So I don't know if that's uh, temporary or not, but but you can go take advantage. And if it's not up there, say the podcast said it's up there. <laughs> I see it. <laughs> it's blue. Cody, thanks so much for coming on and uh, spending a little bit of time with us again today. No, thank you. I appreciate everybody's time. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. For published articles, blog posts, videos, and more, check out deconvert.com. It's also the best way to find out how to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and everywhere else we are online. See ya. See you next week. See ya.